Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. I want to thank everyone for joining me on this bonus episode from the Celebrate Your Story event. And I have two amazing guests on this episode. My first guest is someone I met several years ago at the TCEA conference, and he did an amazing job speaking on how to become a blogger and how to share insight in our stories to other educators. At the time, I was new on Twitter, and I DM'd him just to see if I could meet him after a session, and he was gracious enough to talk to me, and really, he was the first one to encourage me to start to find a way to share my story with other educators. So here's my interview with Aaron Hogan. All right, we're at Celebrate Your Story, Todd Nisloni's event, and I have right next to me someone that I've known for years, Aaron Hogan, who is phenomenal. If you don't have his book, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. It is a wonderful resource. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Josh, thanks for the opportunity. And you just spoke to this event, and I mean, the crowd was captivated. For those who weren't here, can you just give a quick synopsis of what your presentation was all about? Sure. So I focused on the same topic as my book, Shattering the Perfect Teacher Myth. Really, I feel like there are these things that if anybody asked a teacher in the summer or during an easy time of the year, if some of these myths were were real or if if there were things that kind of lead us astray, I think we would all be able to clearly say, these things are true, these things aren't. But we get busy, we get tired, and in those moments, the myths start to creep in and they start to sound a little more like truths. And so to me, it's um, worth going through and calling out six different myths and saying, what's the truth that we need to hold on to and what's the myth that we need to shatter so that um, we don't have an extra thing on top of the other challenges that we have as educators to work through. Yeah. So when I first met you, you were an administrator on a campus and now you have moved up in, in a different role. So will you just share with the listeners kind of what your role is now and what that role entails within the district? Sure. So I'm the English language arts coordinator for grades K through 12 in College Station ISD. I, before that, I was an assistant principal at a high school there and at one of our intermediate schools. And so I've shifted that focus from the campus level to looking at over English language arts across the school district to say what what are our real needs um, in reading, writing, other areas in elementary as well. And what do we need as a system to be able to grow the kinds of readers and writers that we want uh, throughout our school district? One of those hard questions is like, how do we, how do you measure some of those things? And how do we make sure that we, we know that we're making progress, but we're not sacrificing the kinds of experiences that we want our kids to have so that they see themselves as readers and as writers in all the grades that they're working through throughout our system. So what are, what are some of the differences between being an assistant principal and now working at the district level? That's a good question. I think one of the biggest differences is that every job that I've had before this job in education, like the day was literally marked out with bells. Right. With like, you will do this until this time, <laughs> ring a bell, we're doing something else, right. ring a bell and more kids are in class. Yep. So whether that was in the classroom or as an assistant principal, like I said, literally the day is marked out with bells. There's a lot of flexibility in my time, in my current position, but it fills up quickly. And so it's the first time where I've had to um, to go back and say, you know, how do I really purposefully plan out a week? What might an ideal week even look like um, for me, um, for my responsibilities but that I need to take care of in my office, the times that I need to be out on campuses, the different folks that I need to interface with across the district, across a number of different positions. Uh, that's, that's probably the biggest way. Sure. For... Someone that's aspiring to become either an administrator or become 
someone that's working at the district level, what would be one piece of advice that you give them? I think any kind of leadership role, and I think this applies to that transition, but any kind of leadership role, just having that ability to see where others are coming from and to understand the things that are important to other folks and what what folks need. Some of that is just, just what you need to have successful relationships with folks um, because you got to find the time to really get to know the people that you're working with yeah. because otherwise it doesn't feel like you're working with them. It feels right. like, well, you need this for me, I need this from you, um, and that's not what I want. I yeah. see the most successful leaders are the ones who get to know their people and understand where they're coming from, what they need, and they can work together towards good solutions. I love that. So I don't know if you know this, but you were extremely inspirational to me to even start <laughs> writing. I had kind of this complex of being a writer, and to, after talking with you, I started to blog. I have not been as consistent as you have. I know you were, uh, back in the day, you were pumping out blogs left and right, and that really sure. came to what you had created in your book, right. um, where a lot of those same concepts. And for those who may not have found their voice yet, why was it so important for you to you know, find your voice through your writing? When I started teaching, I stumbled into one of these fantastic um, English departments where there was just great conversation over lunch. Like We were able to be really great colleagues and good friends. Um, and there was just a lot of conversation about all sorts of professional topics um, that, was, uh, that was not hard at all for me to find. Um, when I stepped out of that, um, there, there was still a, a great set of administrators there in my school district, but um, I wanted more I wanted more conversation. I wanted conversation with folks um, who could give me outside input as well. And so the, one of the easiest ways for me to get out of my head with that conversation and to talk to folks was to start to write things out. Right. Um, and then it's one thing to write it out. It's another thing to share it. Yeah, um, that publish button. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's terrifying yeah. um, every time you get up to it. But it's worth it to put those ideas out there. As many times as I've learned from the reflections of other people, I thought if there's anything that I'm learning that might benefit someone else, mm -hmm. then I'll put it out there. And, and if it benefits someone, great. I've heard you speak on blogging before, and I know that you're always seeking resources that will help as far as the writing process. So what are some things that maybe you're working on in your own writing skills or um, trying to produce for other people that might be a benefit to get them to be consistent writers and to tell their story? Sure. I think the, the hardest thing about writing is um, when it's not a habit. Yeah. Uh, like to, to just circle a date on a calendar and say, hey, on such and such a day, I'm going to uh, sit down and like hope that the ideas just flow right out of my fingertips and into the keyboard and out onto the internet. And is at least for me, that's not been the most successful plan. There are those moments where I get some inspiration and boom, ready to go. Um, but I'm trying to be more and more disciplined in the habit of reflecting and then in the habit of um, sharing those reflections. Um, I love an idea. Um, from the book Atomic Habits um, by James Clear that um, talks about starting habits with uh, something that seems like almost uh, too small to start with. Um, so he makes the comparison um, of like if you're going to start running, like just start running for like five minutes. Um, do something to where that first step into it isn't going to discourage you. And so kind of the writing parallel might be like decide that whether it's five days a week or three days a week or every Thursday, like commit to, I'm going to write a like one sentence reflection on the day and get yourself into that habit. And very quickly, I think you'll find that you have more to say than the one sentence, right. but the habit of getting one sentence down 
and just returning back, whether it's like built into your routine. So it's like, all right, you're coming back from dropping the kids off at the end of the day, or it's um, the little bit of quiet time uh, when you're at school at the beginning of the day, whatever it might be, find a time where you can reflect and do that in a little bite-sized uh, chunk and then build from there. Once you get to feel pretty comfortable there, maybe you expand or maybe you, um, you shift the habit to, hey, like I'm going to reflect one sentence each day and then at some point I'm going to reflect on the week. Yeah. And so how important is that reflection piece? Because I feel like that is one thing that, and maybe this is just an education book, the reflection process, we don't really delegate a whole lot of time to sit down and reflect on the process and the results of our decisions. I think the reflection piece is a really critical linchpin piece because we know the value of experience, right? but uh, 10 people can all have the same experiences and the ones who've reflected on those experiences and have gone back to think through what is it that I learned, what are the mistakes I made, what are the, uh, the successes that I need to continue. Uh, those people, it's not just the experience that's right. growing you. It's the experience and time spent reflecting on that experience. Right. And it's not doesn't make it easy to come by that time. Right. Um, it doesn't make all those reflections uh, warm and fuzzy. Like sometimes no. there's there's times where it's like, hey, that's uh, I can't do it that way again. Yeah. Uh, but building in that reflection, I think it it allows us to capitalize on all the experiences that we have had. Yeah. And we go we have too many experiences, too many stories to not make the most of those and grow ourselves as we move forward, especially as aspiring leaders. Yeah. Well, if you have not connected with Aaron on social media, you need to do that. So, Aaron, how can they connect with you? Sure. On Twitter, I'm Aaron underscore Hogan. On Instagram, I'm Aaron F. Hogan. And afhogan.com is the website. Uh, if you're interested in more information about shattering the perfect teacher myths or um, in seeing some of those reflections that I'm putting out there, um, you can find all that information there. Awesome. And if you are not connected with Aaron or you haven't seen him in person speaking, every time I interact with Aaron or see him speak, it is an inspiration. So you need to definitely check him out, get connected with him. Aaron, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. My next guest really took over the conference with her heart, her passion, and her willingness to get up on stage and be completely authentic. She quickly became an internet sensation, but you would never know it based on how she treats every single person with kindness and humility. My next guest on the Aspire podcast is Belinda Richardson-George. All right, again, I am at the Celebrate Your Story event, Todd and Saloni's two-day conference, and I'm here with an amazing principal, Belinda Richardson-George, and she had a session yesterday, had the crowd in stitches. She's hilarious. She's also did a short portion of the mop, and so we got to learn what the kids are doing through YouTube, and very interactive. But Belinda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And so Belinda, you're a principal right now, and I just am curious what your journey was to get to that position. Okay, so I taught for five years, and I've always said this, I had to get beyond the four walls that I was confined in. Yes. And so I went back to school to get my master's because I had such an impact on not only my students, but other people's students. So I went back to school and got my master's degree. And then I was a curriculum coordinator for 
one for two years and then I was a supervisor for elementary English language arts and early childhood for a year hated it went back into the schools as an assistant principal took a pay cut at an elementary school was there two years and then a reduction in force happened in our district and I was an AP at a high school a urban high school for two years and then from there back to the elementary for two years and then principal so wow. I've been all over the place. You have been all over the place. <laughs> yes. So what was your favorite group of children that you got to experience? To be honest, every kid I meet is always my favorite. Now I have a few that stick out, but every kid that I meet, they all have their own individual story. So as long as I'm around kids, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. As far as the dancing, you know, we got a little taste of what you do. What is the story behind that and why are you trying to learn these relevant pieces to connect with your kids? So when I became a principal, the school where I am, we have a lot of economically disadvantaged kids. So you have to bring all experiences to them. They don't go out and get the experiences. So I do a lot of home visits. Sure. So when I go home, I hear the music that's playing. When I pull up, I see them doing different things. And so I learn the dances. So that's just another way to have a conversation with a kid yep. without being weird. <laughs> dancing yes i've learned of you because you became a sensation overnight with tucked in tuesdays so for those for my listeners that haven't seen that or experienced that through facebook what is that all about so i saw the idea on principles principles leadership with stephanie and so i took the idea put on a onesie red red by michael hall went facebook live and people started watching that was in december and then in february it picked up and it went viral and so i read every tuesday at 7 30 because kids need a bedtime story and not only is it just kids but i have adults as far as like england and africa that listen to me read just because it's just reminds them of their childhood or like their own sure so for me it was reading to model reading but now it's more personable so what is kind of your dream scenario in the future? I know that you've got some aspirations with a certain type of school, and I just want to know more about that. And, and so you can share that with the listeners as far as kind of what your dream scenario is. So my dream school is a STEAM school. Mm -hmm. And so I want kids to already start a career path in elementary, like they already have their mindset. I also want every kid to be mandatory that they're in extracurricular activity, sport and academic. Parent involvement is high and uh, everything that a kid does, whether it's attendance, making good grades, showing growth, they earn bucks. And I'll call them Bobcat bucks because that's my school. I want it to be Bobcat University, mm -hmm. even though it's for little kids. Right. And I want them to earn those dollars and then the parents can come in and shop for household goods like laundry detergent so that way everyone is winning sure so a partnership that's interesting so i know the role of a school is changing dramatically where you know as educators we're not just providing education to our students but we're providing a lot of other things as far as within the community so where did that idea come from and how has the role as you've seen of the school changed over time well in the schools the the roles have changed where we're fo so focused on standardized testing that we lose the whole child aspect. Right. And so I'm one that looks at the whole child. Like when I see a little kindergartner, I also see my doctor in 18, 20, 25 years. Sure. I know that kid will grow up and so we have to reach them where they are and start planting those seeds. Right. And so the shift of education has changed where we've taken that out of the curriculum, just like teaching the whole child. Right. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. I always love giving our aspiring leaders some advice from our guests. So if there was one piece of advice that you could provide to them, what would that be? It would be when you go into education, you definitely, well, we all know no one does it for the money. No. But you do it for self-gratification, 
and for the kids. Because if you lose the self-gratification, you'll lose the joy. But if you also keep it for the kids, you'll never lose your reason why. So your passion is key. To keep your passion and keep going a thing that ignites your passion, even if it's not something that everybody else supports, just keep igniting your passion. So how can our listeners connect with you on social media? I am BCG on Instagram. That's right. BCG55. 55 on Instagram. I am tucked in Tuesday on Twitter and on the Homer Drive Elementary Facebook page is where you can hear the Tuckman Tuesdays. That's awesome. And so that's every Tuesday night, you said? Every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central because okay. I have a lot of international listeners. That's well. awesome. Okay. Linda, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. For any aspiring leaders looking for help or assistance in their leadership journey, please make sure you reach out to me at Joshua Double Underscore Stamper on Twitter, Instagram, or on Boxer. Make sure you check out the next Aspire episode with Ryan Sheehy, the author of Be the One for Kids, as we discuss how to redefine an administrator's position.